Well, hey, before we get started this morning, can we just do something together? Everybody take a great big deep breath in and let it out. Let's do it one more time. Ready? Deep breath in and let it out. I just want us to breathe this morning because I don't know if your season and last few weeks have been anything like mine, but usually this time of year is kind of busy. It's a little stressful, a little chaotic. And I hope that now that we're here, we're worshiping together, we're in church, Christmas is here, we can just breathe a little bit and we can rest. Because what Jesus came to do was to bring rest, to bring peace, to bring joy. And so many times this Christmas season does not actually reflect those things. And so as we worship this morning, as we gather around the table, what I want us to be able to do is focus on Jesus. For the last few weeks, we've been looking at this table and who's gathered around the table at the birth of Jesus and who was present at his birth and in the few days after and who has been a part of this story and the birth narrative of Jesus. And we've talked about almost everyone except one person around the table. Who's that? Jesus. Now, in case you haven't been around an infant lately, Um, babies don't talk a lot. They don't say anything. There's no incredible words coming from the mouth of Jesus at his birth, because even though he's fully God, he's also fully man, and he did a lot of crying and pooping and sleeping, and that's about it. And so I'm not going to look at any deep words of Jesus at his birth, but I do want to look at the name of Jesus this morning. And in Matthew chapter 1, when the angel comes to tell Joseph this incredible news, Joseph was right before this about to leave Mary. He was pretty hurt that Mary is pregnant, and it's not his. And so because he loves her so much, he's going to just leave her quietly, and an angel of the Lord comes to him and says, no, don't, don't do that, Matthew chapter 1. Verse 20 to 23 says, Joseph, the angel says to Joseph, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which means God with us. God with us. That is the whole point of what we are gathered to worship every Sunday, but specifically this Sunday on Christmas morning as we reflect on the birth of Jesus, God coming from heaven to be with us. His entire ministry was central, centralized around this idea of being with us. The cross It's all about being with us, about us being with God forever. And I'm not talking about heaven and eternity. Don't let your mind go there right away, because when we give our life to Christ, the Spirit of God comes inside of us now. In this moment, as we're living here on earth, God is with us always, guiding us, convicting us, encouraging us. He's with us every part of this story. Is about God with us. 
Isn't it ironic how many times we hear people talk about how I can't wait to be in heaven? Most of the time I hear people say things like that about how they can't wait to be with God forever in heaven. It's not because they love God so deeply that they want to be with him forever. It's because this world is so crazy. It's because this world is so evil and full of evil and chaotic and busy and crazy and there's there's not a going to be with God when we say that so many times it seems like it's we're going to get away from something here and yet God left what we can't wait to get to to be here that we want to get away from isn't that ironic that God left everything to be here with us. And you might be thinking, well, no, no, wait, 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 wait. The world that he came into 2,000 years ago was so different than our world today. That's just not true. What is is what has been, what is what will be. There is nothing new under the sun, as Solomon puts it, and, and the longer I live, I'm more convinced of that than ever, then there is really nothing new under the sun. And the same things that Jesus experienced 2,000 years ago are the same hardships, the same things we experience today. Sure, there might not have been any internet. News might travel a little quicker. But it is still the same busy, chaotic, full of hardship and evil world that we live in today than what Jesus was born into 2,000 years ago. I mean, think about the night that Jesus was born we paint it as this beautiful, quiet evening. But Mary and Joseph were hurrying to Bethlehem to register for this census that was ordered. Far away from home, Mary's very pregnant. There's no room anywhere. There's chaos. There's animals making all kinds of noise everywhere, right? And that's where Jesus is born. He left heaven to come here and be with us. And all of Jesus' ministry is here to be with people. That is what defines not just his name, but who he is and what he came here to do. And this morning, what I want us to see is that if Jesus came here to be with us, if Jesus came here to be with people, then we should want to be here with people also. It's amazing throughout Jesus' ministry how much we see him desiring and wanting to be with the people that he's around. I love the story in, in Matthew chapter 14 when Jesus hears about the death of his cousin John the Baptist. He tries to get away from the crowd. In verse 13, Matthew 14, it says, Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. Now at this point, Jesus would have been well understood if he had said, hey guys, I, I just need a moment. I just need some space. My heart is broken. I need some time to grieve and to mourn. And, and every counselor and therapist and mental health professional be like, yes, Jesus, that's what you need to say. And that's what you need to do in this moment. But instead, in the very next verse, Matthew 14, 14, when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. 
And he spent time with people because that's what he came to do. He came to be with us. And, and he didn't just spend a few hours. He didn't just spend a little bit of time with people. No, he spent all day with this crowd to the point where in the evening his disciples came to him and said, Jesus, you need to send the crowds away so that they can go find food because it's late. They've been with you all day. They're hungry. We don't have enough food. We can't buy enough food for all, the, all these people. You need to send them away. And Jesus says, no, we're, we're going to feed them. And turns just a few loaves of bread and a few fish into enough to feed 5,000 people, 5,000 men, plus the women and children who are there. And so not, does he, not only does he heal them and teach them, and he's with them all day, but then he cooks dinner for everybody. That's a task. And then the crowds go back home, and Jesus sends the disciples away. And at that point, he goes up on the mountainside by himself, and then he spends time with God the Father. That's when he grieves and he mourns, and he finally does also get that time away. He came to be with people. He came to be here, and if we think about it for a moment, the people who he was with were not necessarily the people that filled him up all the time. You all know this to be true, right? There's really two kinds of people in this world. There's the people who fill you up, give you energy, and then there's the people who just drain you dry, right? It is exhausting to be around these people. And it's not that they're bad people by any means. Several years ago, before I was married, I went on a date with this girl, Two, two and a half hours, we had dinner, we talked, it was great conversation. She was very interesting, conversation went both ways, it was great. But then I got into my truck and I almost took a nap before I left the parking lot because I was just so exhausted. She just took everything out of me. And she wasn't a bad person, it was just exhausting. I knew Hannah was different on the other hand. Our first date lasted five hours, our second date lasted six hours, and our third date lasted seven hours. And I didn't want to leave any of them. And I was excited to see her again. It filled me up. It was energetic. And, and the people that Jesus spent time with, though, they were the people who needed something from Jesus. They needed healing. They needed words of comfort and encouraging. They needed Jesus to pour out into them. We see this clearly articulated in Luke chapter 8. You remember the story of the woman who's been bleeding for 12 years? She's tried everything. And she knows that if she could just get close to Jesus and reach out and touch his coat, his garment, she knows that she could be made well. And so she pushes her way through the crowds, and she reaches out and touches him, and Jesus feels power come out from him. Verse 46 in Luke 8 says, but Jesus said, someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. Right? Nowhere in this text, if you read the story, you don't get any indication that Jesus was upset with this. He wasn't irritated with her. It wasn't that this person just drained him and he was just so exhausted and tired after this, but he felt power that went out from him. He poured himself out as he was with people. Matthew chapter 9, as he's criticized for spending time with 
those people over there. He replies, but when he heard it, he said, those who are well have no need for a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus came to spend time with people who were not like him, who were not like us, who didn't have the clean, cleanest language, who didn't have a shiny, clean background, who, who didn't look and act and talk like us, like him. He came to be with people who needed him, who he poured out on. And those are the people that we should be spending time with too. Those are the people that we should invite over for Christmas dinner or for a random dinner on a Tuesday. Those are the people that we should be spending more time with this Christmas season. And as we look ahead to 2023, those are the people that we need to be intentionally inviting around our table with our family. There's always lots of time for family and our friends, but we need to be spending time, church, with people who don't know Jesus, with people that we're pouring into, that we are deeply loving to the best of our ability. And yes, this can be extremely exhausting if we're not doing it in the right way. And I believe the way that Jesus does it teaches us something, how to do it in the right way. I'm going to do a little illustration this morning. I have a cup here. It's going to represent our life. And as we are baptized into Christ, as we come to church, as we read scripture, as we spend time with God, he starts to fill our cup. And then over time, as we serve, as we hang out, as we spend time with other people, we then get to pour out what God has poured into us, into others. And there's a couple ways to get water out of a cup into other people. And most of the time what happens is we just start pouring it out. We just start pouring out on others, and this is called ministry. We serve in children's ministry. We serve on the tech team or worship team. We work at a church. We pour out. We love other people who, who don't know Jesus. And we do this for so long, and eventually there's nothing left. And one of two things happens at this point. We can either go back. We can take a break from pouring out. And we can go back to the source. We can go back to God and get filled up again. Or we can keep trying to pour out. And what happens is we try, as, as we keep trying to pour out of an empty cup, it's called burnout. We have nothing left to give. We have nothing left to pour out. And in the ministry world, we call this burnout, and it's the number one reason why People leave the ministry. It's why elders leave eldership. It's why volunteers leave churches. It's why Christians leave the faith. It's because we've poured out for so long, we have nothing left to give, and we just try to keep giving. And there's nothing there. So the other option is that we can go back 
We can get filled up for a little bit. We can go back to the source and then we can come back over here and volunteer and we can serve and, and then we can go back again and we can do this over and over and over again. And even that can be exhausting. And I know so many times we want to say, yeah, but Jesus is God. Jesus is different. We can't just follow his example. But the thing that Jesus did all the time that we can do if we're intentional, if we put in the work and the energy and the effort to do it, what Jesus did is that he stayed continually connected to God. And he spent a lot of time with God so that what he poured out on others didn't mean he emptied his own cup. And it doesn't mean we have to either. If we can stay connected with God as we're serving, as we are pouring ourselves out, then it doesn't mean we run dry. It doesn't mean we have to burn out or, or take time to, to stop everything we're doing and go back to God and then come and pour out again. It means that we can do it both at the same time. And it's the only way that we can last, that we can thrive as a Christian in this world. When we stay connected to God and pour out on others around us at the same time, it's the only way it works. So what does that mean? What does that look like? It means that over time we continue to have a deep relationship with God and we don't sacrifice scripture reading and our own personal devotion time for the sake of preparing a lesson to teach in Sunday school or kids club or at church. It means that we have our own personal time of worship and we don't just rely on Eric putting together a good worship set that week. That we don't rely on just worshiping one day a week. That we worship as we live our life because as Eric has preached before and has talked about, worship is so much more than singing songs on a Sunday morning together. It means we go back to what Scripture says about thinking about such things that are pure and right and lovely and we watch TV shows and listen to music and think about things that are holy and pure and honoring to God. It means that everything in our life stays connected with Christ all of the time, always. But if we can do that, then we will constantly be filled up with the love and the grace, the mercy, the, the goodness of God in our life. And we can pour out on others. And I know that's a tall order, that's a tall ask for anyone. But that is what God has called us to as disciples of him. That when we give our lives to Christ, we die to ourselves. I die to my selfish desires. I die to my wants and what I want to do. And I live for Christ because the life that Christ lived is so much better than anything that I could want and attain in this world on my own. And so I die to self and live to Christ every day. 
at every moment of every day, with every thought, with every action, so I can stay connected with God, so I can continue to pour out, because at the end of the day, nothing else matters than proclaiming this good news of great joy with everyone in this world. Amen? What else matters? This is what it's all about, church. And this is what we have to keep in the forefront of our minds this Christmas season. It's not about the gifts. It's not about the other things we want to hustle here and there and everywhere for. It's about this baby who came to be with us. And we as disciples should have a desire to be with him. And we should have a desire to bring him to this world. To reach this world with the good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus came as a baby to be with us, but it is the cross that allows him to be with us always now. Maybe not as a person, but within our hearts, within our souls. And it takes a little bit more intentionality and a little bit more effort to actually spend time with Jesus. It's a very common thing for us to spend time with people. They're physical people. We gather around the table. We eat a meal together. We play games together. We drag an alligator in circles in the nursery floor because our son asked us to with people. But we also need to set time aside every day, every moment to stay connected with God so that we can live this life as he's asked us to so that he can be with us too. Father God, we're so grateful for the birth of your son years ago. It led to his death that started this being with, that is so core and so central to not just your name, but your deepest desires, that you be with us. Lord, sometimes we take it for granted. Sometimes we find it hard to spend time with you, with everything happening around us, with the world as busy and crazy as it is, as hard as it is to spend time with you. God, I pray that we will have an increased desire over the weeks, the months, the years to come to spend time with you so that we can take this good news and we can share it with people we meet and they can be with you also. It's in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen.